and condemnation. Never again will you be in a position where you pay for what you have done wrong. Not if you're a Christian. <coughs> Jesus has made an end to all our sin. I just ask you, Holy Spirit, for revelation to come right now, particularly by those who are racked with guilt and shame, that know you, I pray for freedom and liberty. Not, not because they're not as bad as they thought they were, because we are. We've all fallen short of you, but Jesus, you've already paid the price. You've, you've already been judged for my sin, I am free. That's why I can boldly approach. I boldly approach his throne because of what you have done, Jesus. The, the wonder, the glory of it, it is it's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Why don't we take our, take our seats? Some of you I know God is really ministering to right now. And uh, I just want to encourage you to keep enjoying him. The Holy Spirit don't stop working when the preacher starts speaking. Well, hopefully not anyway. We've shifted around the order. You notice we're going to come back to church news and stuff um, uh, at the end. We're we're going to be talking, we're going to be looking at the whole subject of prayer this morning. Um, So the title of what I'm sharing today is Pray First. Now, I'd intended to start by updating you on the Community Action Hub but I'm planning to do that at the end. So if you see me getting off the stage and walking and heading off towards Bexhill, where I'll be preaching a little bit later, and I haven't said anything about the Community Action Hub, please can you shout at me, nothing rude, um, and I'll stop, come back, and I will share about the Community um, Action Hub. If you've got Bibles and you want to follow it in your Bible, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter um, 11. And uh, the, uh, one of the opening phrases in there, the disciples said to Jesus, um, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. That is not a bad starting place, you know, at the beginning of 2019 to carry that, that, that request in your heart, to make that request of God. Oh, oh Lord, would you teach me um, how to pray. Um, The Times, I think it was the Sunday Times, did a survey recently in the UK, and I was really surprised to hear that about 50%, oh that was high, I think my voice must be breaking, Um, about 50% of the population said they prayed. Did you, I don't know if you were aware that there were that many prayers um, within the UK at the moment, 50% of the population. About 10% of the UK population said they prayed um, daily. 6% said they prayed a few times a month. 13% said they prayed a few times um, a year. Now, obviously, that isn't just prayer to God as we know it. Um, That would include Muslims. That would include, um, I know, maybe Christians that go to church uh, once a year, maybe at Christmas, and they may offer up a prayer then. But actually, 50% of the population um, see some benefit in prayer, particularly when they're panicking. Um, 29% of the population said that they believed in God. Um, maybe, you know, what sort of God we don't know, but 29%. And 14% said they didn't know. So just with Alpha in mind, that means pretty much one in two people are open to the concept of God. That's 
quite a lot, isn't it? Just if you're inviting people to Alpha to explore the Christian faith or to explore God, one in two people in the UK are um, uh, sort of vaguely open to it anyway. And if you, um, as we just look at this whole subject of prayer, if you want to find out um, any more about it, or if at the start of the year you think, you know what, I, I want to be freshly impassioned for prayer, let me um, encourage you to read a book, it's called Dirty Glory, and it's by a guy called Pete Gregg. I haven't read it myself, uh, but Steve Young said it was absolutely brilliant, so if you've got any complaints, go back and uh, uh, let him know. So that's Dirty Glory by Pete um, Gregg. So, um, Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through to 13. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. I don't think there's a more important request you could make at the start of 2019, uh, a better prayer that you could pray to God, to Jesus, say, oh Lord, would you teach me how to pray? And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Obviously in Matthew chapter 6 you will find a, 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 a fuller version of what we know very well as the Lord's Prayer. And he said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and uh, Tesco's uh, is shut and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me, the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, Yet because of his impotence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. He won't give him something because of the friendship, but he will give him something because if he doesn't, this bloke won't stop knocking on his door and he won't be able to go back to sleep again. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be open. What father among you, if a son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now I've just got seven um, simple encouragements to pray. To pray, I know that 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 many, many, many of you know how important prayer is. You're absolutely uh, convinced of it. You probably feel, even as you're sat there right now, that you don't need to hear another uh, preach on prayer. You may even be able to give a better preach on prayer than I can. I I, I don't know, um, but my hope is that as I share over the next twenty minutes or so. Um, you will be freshly um, encouraged, uh, freshly stirred, freshly hungry to encounter God in prayer. That at the start of 2019, when you're thinking about your priorities, when you're thinking about what are you going to give yourself to this year, what is it that you really want to see different by the end of this year, that you start the year by saying, you know what, I want my prayer life 
to be different. I want to freshly prioritise meeting with my father and seeking him because of some of the reasons that I'm going to give um, over the next 20 minutes or so. The first thing I think it's really important for us to realise when it comes to prayer is that we as Christians, now I'm speaking to, to, to you in front of me here, as Christians, that we have access in prayer. That is my first encouragement. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but have you ever thought of the wonder that you can pray? I don't know. If I wanted to see Amber Rudd, our local MP, I probably could get to see her, but it would maybe take five or six weeks. I'd need to make an appointment. They'd probably have to check security-wise I'm not some dodgy bloke. But when it comes to praying to the creator of the ends of the earth, I don't need to make an appointment five or six weeks in advance. I can just start by saying, my father in heaven. It is, it is an absolutely remarkable fact for anyone here who is a Christian, you have free access, 24-7 access to the creator of the ends of the earth. And when you consider that as a result of sin, that men and women have been totally separated from God, it is even more remarkable. You know that last song we were singing, Boldly I Approach His Throne. That, that's, not, that's not just because you can, it's because of what Jesus Christ has done. If you look in the Old Testament with Moses, we find that a bit of limited access was restored. And I think, I think if you're of the right family, of the right tribe and you were an Israelite, and you were a man, and you'd been circumcised on the right day after you were born, if all of those things came together, at one time in the year, you could pull back the very thick curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of everything that was going on, and you could go in and minister before God for a very, very short time. Limited access was restored. But I don't know if you've ever thought of it. Free access. You could wake up this morning and you can pray and your Father hears you. But because of what Jesus Christ has done, as we find out in Romans 5 verse 2, through him... We have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. I think that Bible verse is up there, Dan. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And so my first thing is this, wow, I can come. If you know Jesus, you can come. Wow, that's so cool. Second thing is relationship in prayer. The start of the passage sets the tone. We come to our Father. One of the first words that a child will learn to say is Daddy. In Aramaic, it is Abba. That is how the Lord's Prayer starts. In the Old Testament, God was the father of the people of Israel. It's mentioned um, 14 times that God is Israel's father. But in Sermon on the Mount, that's what we're sort of reading from, 17 times 
Um, no, Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, 17 times Jesus mentions God as our Father. It's, it's personal. I get to come to him as my Father because of what Jesus has done. And the whole basis for prayer in the New Testament is that of a child coming to their father. Phil Moore says this, At the heart of God's kingdom lifestyle lies this intimate fellowship with God Almighty who has become our Abba, our Dad. Prayer's not supposed to be some religious thing, some, uh, 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 some sort of impersonal going through the motions type thing. It's, it's about relationship. I, I get to come before the God of the whole universe and I get to approach him as my father. Why? Because of what Christ has done for me. It's, it's amazing. I get to talk. And just as my children don't approach me with confession, well, rarely anyway, they, they generally approach with confidence. How, how odd it would be if, if, if I've got four boys, if whenever my children approach me, they always started with confession. They always started by saying, I'm so sorry, Dad, I did this wrong. I'm so sorry, Dad, I did that wrong. I'm so sorry. No. Well, how odd it is that we as Christians so often, don't we? We start with confession, telling him everything we've got wrong, rather than coming with confidence on the basis that I'm his child. So he's already predisposed to do me good. He's already provided access. I can come. Third thing we notice is there's a pattern for prayer. It's only a very short pattern we find in Luke, if you want the fuller version. Like I said, look at Matthew chapter 6. But he says this, he says, when you pray. I mean, interesting, isn't it? He says, when you pray. So when talking about disciples, Jesus' expectation is that his disciples pray. I want to bring that to you as a challenge. That if you're a follower of Jesus, there's an expectation that you pray. Start of the new year. Where is your priority in prayer? Where, do you, where are you carving out time to seek his face. It, it, it won't all be the same. For me, early in the morning works best um, when I get up. But I find trying to create space early in the morning works better. That's not good for all of you. But where are you carving out time? When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation it's helpful I mean teach us how to pray well how do I pray well actually the starting point in prayer is the starting point in prayer is, is coming to our father it starts in worship it starts in adoration now for me it's not every single time that I start in prayer but normally I, I will put music on worship music I, I will play a song loud enough so that other people in my house don't get to hear me singing it's a blessing to them, particularly early in the morning. But, but I start in worship. I start in adoration. I start setting my gaze on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's where I start. I move on and then start praying, oh Lord, would your kingdom come? 
And would your will be done? I, I, I start praying about what's on God's agenda. What does he want to see happen? Before I ever think about myself. Well, not always, actually, if I'm totally honest. But generally, I, I want to be God-focused in my prayer life at the beginning. And this isn't meant to be a straitjacket that I've got to do all these things like this. It's, it's just meant to be something that, that gives principles that can help us. So we start in the Father's name. It then goes on to personal provision. Firstly, physical. You know, give us our daily bread. Give us the food that we need to eat. Lord, I pray that you will bless me in my workplace with the finance that I need. I ask you, Lord God, that you will help me in the practical provision that's needed. That's all right. We start by seeking his kingdom. Secondly, we come and we ask for physical provision. But we also ask for spiritual provision. It talks about forgiveness there. I I don't know. We don't start with confession, but it's good to remember we, we come before our Father and he's holy. Our Father, please forgive me where I've got stuff wrong. And even linked with that is us forgiving others. Linking the two together, my forgiveness from my father linked to my forgiveness of other people. And then he goes on and he talks about daily dangers. Keep us from temptation and deliver us from evil. Now I'm I'm going to confess something now which is probably going to make me drop in your estimation a whole load. But yesterday morning I got up and prayed. And what I've realised is that on Saturdays, my mood at five o'clock is directly linked to the football results that have come in. Now, I know you're going to find this incredibly sad, but the problem I have is I support a team that doesn't do very well, so my mood is adversely affected quite frequently. So I woke up in the morning and it just came into my mind and I thought, I said, oh Lord, please can you help me so that when Gillingham lose in the FA Cup, my mood isn't bad. And would you believe it, they won. (laughs) Would you believe it? So, you know, prayer really does work. Even if I didn't pray, I didn't have faith to pray they'd win. But anyway, but but on a serious note, do, do you pray about the daily dangers that you face? Do you, do you pray, Lord, keep me from temptation? If there are weak areas of weakness in your life, do you bring them to God and say, oh God, protect me. Lord, in this situation, help me to respond. Well, it's really practical. Just, just this framework for prayer. We start with the Father. We, we look for personal provision. We go into daily dangers. Deliver us from evil. Keep me from it. And like I said, it's not meant to be a straitjacket, but a helpful pattern in prayer. Fourth thing I notice here is persistence in prayer. I mean, basically the situation that Jesus tells is you've got a neighbour next door to you. Someone turns up and you're not expecting them at midnight. Can you imagine it? They knock on your door. You weren't expecting them. They come in and they're expecting you to provide them a meal at 12 at night. That's hospitality at a whole new level. Anyway, you've got no food, the Tesco's local is shut, so you go round to your neighbours, you knock on the door. And the only reason, this is what the parable is saying, the only reason they will answer the door is that you will not stop knocking until you've answered. That's it, they're not, they're not answering out of the goodness of their heart, 
They're only answering because of your persistence. And this, this part of the parable is not intended to give us a description of God. It's intended to give us a description of what our prayer life is supposed to be like. One of persistence. Of going after God. Of not giving up. Of pursuing him for answers. I, I want to I encourage you, church. I want, I want you, my, my ambition for myself this year, my ambition for you this year is that we grow in personal and corporate prayer. I, I have no idea how much or, or how little you pray, but what a privilege. The, the Lord of all the universe, he says, Rebecca, I'm inviting you this year to pursue me in prayer and go after me day after day, week after week, month after month, until I give you what you want. That's what he's saying. And I've got all the resources of heaven to provide. Do not let go. Do not stop going after me in prayer. That's, in a sense, the invitation that our Father lays before us. Be persistent. I wonder if I just give up too quick. I wonder if I'm not really up for it how often do we start but we give up either because we don't get an answer because of busyness or or we just forget and fifthly we then turn to the other side of that coin in a sense is the promise of prayer and it's, it's remarkable. I mean, Jesus tells us in this little passage, eight times in this passage, that you will receive because you're coming to your Father. So as I'm reading it out, I'm just going to read a few verses here. Just have a look and see how often. He says, and I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. To the one who seeks, finds. To the one who knocks, it will be open." If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who answer them? To those who ask him. We come to our Father and he wants to bless us. Abraham Lincoln, um, an ex-president, said this. He once confessed, I've been driven to my knees many times by the overwhelming conviction that I had no place else to go. I'm coming back to my father. I've got no place else to go. Only you can answer me. In moving house um, just before Christmas, it, it went really, really smoothly. I, I shared a little bit with just before Christmas, and it, and it went really well. No, no complaints there. It sort of took about four months from start to finish. Um, but if I'm honest, there were times when it was difficult. There were times when I woke up in the morning questioning quite how was it all going to work out. And I, I know that this isn't really a major thing in comparison to many things that, that you're battling with yourselves. But I found early on in the process, God gave me a little promise. There's only about a dozen words in this promise, but it's in Psalm 37, verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, 
and he will act. It's just like a really little promise that I hung on to. And if I'm honest, at times, I put my full weight upon it and leant back. I didn't need the rest of the Bible in some ways, if I can say that with respect. What I needed was that promise anchored to God in faith. Now you sometimes see these rock climbers scaling these massive walls and they put in these bolts into cracks into the rock and and they then attach themselves to it so that if they stumble, that anchor will hold them up. That's what that little verse was like for me during that four-month period. A lot of the time I didn't need it, but sometimes I did. And when I lost my footing, I came back to... This promise, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. Number six, fasting and prayer. Is anyone like fasting here? I thought I'd get that reaction. Basically, fasting is going without food or something else for a period of time in order to create space for God. Let me ask you a quick question. I'm not going to ask for a response. I just want you to lodge it in your head. If you're a Christian here today, when was the last time you fasted in order to pray? Next question. When are you next going to fast in order to pray? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week. We've got three days of prayer and fasting. Great opportunity for you to grab hold of God in prayer. You can, you can fast from all sorts of things. Food. I don't know, if, again, if, if you notice this, but when you go without food, it really reveals what's going on on the inside. You know, if you've got a bit of a struggle with anger, short temper, if you're hungry, that really will bring it to the surface. That's an opportunity. It reveals what's going on really deep inside of you often. But you, you could fast from social media. I mean, that would give some of you hours and hours and hours to pray every day, Natalie. <laughs> you, can, you can fast from TV. For the married among you, you can fast from sex in order to pray. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians 7. But it does say only for a short time. Okay? The most important thing is that we create space in order to connect with God. Fasting isn't about beating yourself up or twisting God's arm into a blessing. It's about prioritizing him, putting him in first place, making space to connect with him. When I've prayed and fasted, it's 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 not always felt good, but it's been good for me. It's been good for my soul, my hunger after God. And lastly, number seven, revival and prayer. In times where God does wonderful things in his church and when God does wonderful things in the nation, prayer is always linked to it. I've recently, a little while ago, read a book about the Ulster Awakening of 1859, uh, which took place in Ireland. 
And one little uh, uh, passage just said this, that in one congregation, so I don't know, take it maybe the size that we are here, so have a quick look around, said this, on average there were 16 prayer meetings, every, now I want you to fill the blank in, every year, every month, every fortnight, every week, or every day. Which, which of those do you think is the answer? Every day? You're right. So on this one congregation, there was on average 16 prayer meetings every single day, over 100 a week. And praise God, the pastor wasn't at most of them. But, but why? Because people were hungry to meet with God. They wanted to meet with him. Let me read you another little account. It's from a letter dated April the 23rd, 1859. I stood in the centre of a thickly populated locality. Recently careless, irreligious and riotous neighbourhood. And from my intimate knowledge of the inhabitants, I'm prepared to assert that every house in view within a mile of the spot where I now stood is now a sanctuary for the worship of God at the family altar. Public prayer meetings are attended by crowds so large that no house of worship can accommodate the entire number. Wow. So I don't know what you, again, what you would be necessarily thinking when it comes to revival and what you expect to see. But, but one of the things that we will see when God comes in greater power is an increase in prayer. Not, not because we've got to be there, but because we've got access. And because we come to our Father who is in heaven. And because we're encouraged, we're invited, come and persistently pray. And we're told that as we persistently pray, there's a promise that our Father will hear and answer. Come and ask, come and ask, come and ask. I love this request at the very beginning. Lord, teach me to pray. Why don't we just stand on our feet for a few moments. Um, The disciples request, Lord, teach me to pray. You know, our stage of life, our circumstances, even our personality affects our prayer lives. So if you've got, you know, 12 years ago when we had four boys under the age of seven, mine and Chloe's life looked very different to how it does now. So it affects all aspects of life, including your prayer life. But, but this year, how will you prioritise prayer? Where, where are you going to pursue God? He's inviting you this morning, come go after me. Find out what it is to lay hold of me for answers to prayer. Lord, I ask you right now, I pray, I pray, Lord God, would you teach us how to pray? Holy Spirit, 
at the end of that passage we read about you give your Holy Spirit to us. I pray, Holy Spirit, would you help us to pray? I pray, would you birth within us a fresh appetite, a fresh hunger to meet with you both personally but also corporately in prayer. Lord, we look for you to move among us. We ask for that in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Can I ask you just to quickly take your seats? I just want to share about the Community Action Hub before I head off uh, to uh, Bex Hill. Back in May, we shared plans. And actually, Dan, could you pop up? That's it. It's a bit hard to see. There's three plans, Dan. If you go through the three and then back to the beginning, and, and then you can look at the plans as I'm chatting away. Um, back in May, we shared plans that we wanted to create space within this building where we can more effectively serve the most vulnerable and disadvantaged in our community. We wanted to create a hub um, of activity where the excellent projects that we're already running, like food bank, baby basics, that sort of stuff, can have a home where they can operate from. But it can also be of use to external agencies and others that we partner with um, as well. Now, there are two parts to it. There is the warehouse and actually, Dan, leave it on that. There is the community. Oh, back again. There is the community hub space. So that is at the front of the building. That is under the green canopy that is facing the main road. And you come in through the door. We're going to put a new lobby in there. You're going to come into the existing lobby. You're going to turn immediately right and enter what is the present ash room. Um, we're going to create more storage and packing space, particularly for food bank. We're creating Office 1 and Office 2 that can also be used um, as counselling space um, as well. And this is going to be dedicated space for our community action projects that we run. We're also going to put the warehouse in at the back of the building. So Dan, if you can go to, that's the perfect one, Dan. You're very good at this. Um, we're going to put the warehouse space in at the back of the auditorium. So that's going to go somewhere near where all of you are sat over here. So you'll be presently sat or you will be sat in the warehouse at the moment among various different things that are going to be stored in there, whether it's food bank, whether it's baby basics, whether it's the Syrian refugee resettlement stuff, that will be all in there as well. We're going to be relocating the ashroom up to that back corner of the auditorium over there. The stage will be over somewhere where Gary is. Gary, give us a wave. Gary will be sat on the stage at the moment, which would be a bit awkward for him during the preach. Um, but we will uh, be doing that. And we're going to have an auditorium that can take 500, just over um, 500 uh, people. Over the last six months, we've changed the plans from what was originally done. Um, and there was a number of reasons for that. But the plans we've come up with now better fit the, the budget that we've got. Um, over the last six months, uh, you've given an incredible £123,000. And so we're hoping that a lot of what we want to achieve here can be achieved within that budget. We're also hopeful that we'll be able to get a, 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 a grant as well from a, a big local supermarket. Um, so we're hoping to be able to get a £30,000 grant from them as well in order to go towards um, this uh, community space um, as well. We're going to put the plans up during the prayer meetings. So Natalie will tell you more about the prayer meetings in a few moments' time. But we're going to have the plans up at the back so you can look at them in more detail. And um, myself um, and Hannah, uh, John Wales, will be available to talk more about those things and the plans if you would like to. We're hoping that the building work will be uh, started in the first half of this year. We're planning to still meet in here 
during Sunday, so we don't quite know what that will mean, but the seats may be a little dustier, but we'll work out a way um, for that to take place. We're presently getting into detailed design and we're having conversations with um, the electrical and heating specialists, so particularly so that the building is cool in the summer and hot in the winter and not the other way around as it has been um, recently. Now I know that many of you or all of you have actually given to a plan that looked a little bit different from this, although this achieves about 80% of what we wanted um, to achieve. If any of you have got concerns because you've given to something before um, and you feel less happy uh, with what we're doing now and you'd like to discuss it any further, do feel free to come and talk to me or Hannah um, at some point over the next uh, few weeks and we can obviously chat about the money you gave um, and whether you still feel happy to give to this new revised project or, or whether um, you'd like it returned to yourself. So don't hesitate um, if you do want to chat to either myself or Hannah, and we're very happy to talk further through with you. So it's, I know it's just a very brief update, um, but do come along to the prayer meetings to pray, but also you can have a look at the plans as well when we do that. Now over to you for church news. Thanks, Nick. It's my fan club of one. Um, as Paul said, my name's Natalie. Um, I know it might seem a bit weird to say this at the end of the meeting, but if you are a visitor, I just want to reiterate how welcome you've been. And we'd love to meet you in a minute over tea or coffee just through the doors and on the right there. Um, we've got drinks and biscuits available and we'd be happy to answer any questions you may have. And in that area, the Connect area, you can pick up a Connect card. And if you want us to keep in touch with you or let you know about different things that are going on, you can fill that out and we will do that. Paul's mentioned we've got three days of prayer and fasting coming up. Um, I will be fasting from social media as it happens. So um, he got that right, even though it's my job. So if you see no updates on the King's Facebook, um, you can blame Paul. Um, but anyway, yeah, we have these three days of prayer and fasting. And it is a great way to start the new year. So we're going to be meeting at 12.30 on Tuesday, at 7.30 on Wednesday, and at 7 a.m. on Thursday this week, all here at the Hastings Centre. Um, so please join whichever meetings you can. Please come along to them. Please pray from home. Please think about the things you might um, fast from as well. And if you want to know what other things we've got coming up, as well as the three days of prayer, when you go out through the main doors, you can pick up a key dates, and that tells you what's going on right up until Easter this year. So this summer, many of us will be going to Ashburnham um, for August bank holiday weekend with the New Ground family of churches. And the first price break for that is the 31st of January, which means if you want to get in at the cheapest rate, you need to book this month. Um, but also, if you want to find out how you can get a free ticket, then um, do either go to the info desk this morning, check the e-news that we sent out to you this week um, for how you can go for free, or look at newgroundchurches.org. Some members of our worship bands have been writing some songs over the last few months and have recorded an EP. These are on seats around you. 
um, this morning. They wanted to make um, them available for church members, so there's enough CDs for one per household. So please do take that um, with you. And you are very welcome to give a donation to the food bank um, in return for your CD if you'd like to, but there's absolutely no pressure to. But if you do want to do that, there's some um, buckets just as you leave through the main doors there where you can do that. But do enjoy listening to that. There's some amazing tracks on there um, written by some very talented people from our own church. So do check it out. And um, hopefully as you came in today, you picked up a flyer about the Alpha course, which is coming up later this month. I'm not going to say too much about it because I've got a little video that we just want to show you now about Alpha. Over the last few years, I've uh, invited a number of people on Alpha. 